Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. How do you identify a church planter? Oftentimes, it's been people identifying themselves. Is that still true? Has that changed? Find out today as you listen to the Scent Life podcast. Welcome to the Scent Life Podcast. I'm Greg Mathias, one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Glad you have joined us today. It's in this podcast we talk about church planting and missions and ministry and a whole host of things, and so we really do appreciate you joining us each and every week. Today we're joined by a guest who's been here before, Dr. Matt Rogers, so we're glad to have him back. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks so much. Matt really brings a level of expertise in North American church planting and missions, not only because he's in the classroom, but more importantly, He's been a part of church planting for the last 11 years. Uh, He still is pastoring uh, his local church in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, also spends time across the country uh, coming alongside those who are interested in church planting, those who are active in church planting, training, and equipping. And so he brings a whole host of perspective and experience. So we're glad to have him back on the show. Uh, And so today, uh, in one of our previous conversations, Matt, we we kind of— picked at a little something, and I want to go deeper today, and it really is in this realm of identification of church planters. Now, there has been uh, an older model, uh, and and I hesitate to put it that way, but there's been maybe a pattern of identification. And so, uh, for a minute, what has been the typical pattern of kind of identifying a potential church planter? Walk us through that. Yeah, so I don't, not not sure all the steps of the process, but I think the prioritization has been some sense of uh, internal drive, internal calling. Often, mm-hmm. you know, I attended a, a missions conference. Okay. I was a part of a student ministry. I've maybe been a part of a, a church plant in the past, okay. and I see. Uh, maybe I'm convinced of the need for healthy churches and new places. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, God has has birthed a passion in me, maybe in some unhelpful context. Okay. It's I've been a part of a church that's unhealthy right. or maybe with some patterns that I didn't uh, particularly like. And, and I'm going to go to a new place and kind of reestablish healthy church okay. uh, in a new way. But largely, uh, if I were to put a category, it's been an individualistic venture. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, so again, kind of individuals, uh, you mentioned this idea of really – an internal identification, not all internal, but it could be a response to circumstance, uh, could be some teaching and training. Yeah. Uh, but again, somebody kind of raising their hand saying, I think this is what I want to do, and then entering into a process. Um, now, that's still true. Yeah. Uh, we're always going to have that. But now, uh, in kind of your years, uh, you said you've been at your church for about 11 years or so. Of course, you've been in ministry for quite a while. But we're also in a season that has made everybody shift somewhat. Uh, is that still the same pattern? Uh, as we, as, and again, I'm, I'm trying to ask an unfair question here. Yep. Uh, none of us are prophets. But as you see us moving forward, maybe how has this time begun to shift and shape how we might go about identifying a potential church planter? 
Yeah, so this is going to be overstated, and then I'll dial it back. Okay. Right, that's what all, good, all, good, all, good. Uh, all public speakers do. So you, you, you said you know, the past paradigm has been a bit of a raising of a hand. If, if I were to summarize the current uh, reality, there's a bit more of a raising of the life than a raising of the hand. Okay. And here's what I what I mean by that. I'm not necessarily saying that the raising the hand model was at the exclusion of raising the life. But what, what, what we see happening now, more often than not, are individuals who are, are finding ways to engage in the mission mm-hmm. wherever God has them uh, in a way that would resemble the traits, the the, the activity that you would want to see in a church planter, okay. right? So, so before this self-identification of I am a church planter, there mm. are certain uh, life habits, okay. certain uh, practices, certain disciplines, and certain... Um, uh, uh, gifting okay. that you're starting to observe in, in honestly, uh, just members of the congregation okay. who okay. may never have previously said, hey, put me in, coach, I'm a church planter, uh, but are now identifying themselves through these habits. Okay, so so real quick, help us out. What are some of those, you don't have to give a long list, yep. but some of those habits or traits, those things you're talking about, what are we looking for? Yeah, so I think um, conviction for prayer. So uh, a deep-rooted reliance on God, uh, God's spirit, the activity of God, God's work in the world. I think uh, a uh, uh, interpersonal skill and gifting in building relationships with people who are far from God, like a, a okay. real intensity around, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to get to know people, I want to share the gospel, I want to see people come to faith in Christ, okay. and uh, developing the life rhythms uh, that that correspond to that passion, if that makes any sense, yeah, right? No, so, so sense, I'm yeah. creating margin uh, to develop relationships with people that are that are that are far from God, and I'm I'm able to mm. integrate them uh, into a life that that's close to me. I think I often say with church planters, there's just a certain scrappiness. Now, <laughs> the, it, you're never going to see that on like a church planter right. profile, right? You can't score scrappiness. You kind of score entrepreneurial skill and. You know, you ask kind of, did you start the lemonade stand when you were right. in high school? And you know, what are, what are <laughs> other things that you've done along the way? I'm not sure that really gets at the heart of what you see with successful church planters. Okay. There, there's a there's a a, a resolve, a, mm. a perseverance in the face of challenge mm. that uh, lasting, yeah. persevering planters are able to bear up under. And okay. I think the the COVID world uh, is allowing us maybe to see those traits bubble to the surface. Okay. okay. Yep. Me doing a inductive Bible study in my home for people to like drop in and have potluck dinner. That That's not happening right now. Right, right. But that doesn't mean that my mission to my neighbors is done, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just mm-hmm. means I'm going to have to figure out a creative way to do what I know God's birthed in my heart to do anyway. And those are the carryover traits or giftings that a planter is going to have to realize. And we're seeing planters realize, right? Hey, I was, uh, I was going to start in an elementary school. And now they're saying like, we, I mean, nobody in the state may ever be able to go back into an elementary school. So I got to figure out how to do this differently. So I think that scrappiness, so prayer, evangelism, interpersonal skills related to evangelism and right. a certain uh, perseverance scrappiness tenacity okay. Uh, okay. W- would be identifying marks yeah no that that's really helpful and and let me ask you this you mentioned kind of this time of covid and we're definitely here which changes the game a yep. little bit and and i hesitate to use the word game but just the way that we think about uh the ebb and flow and the rhythms of church again it looks yep. different for different people everywhere uh, but if I can use this analogy, and it's maybe not the perfect one, but, uh, you know, uh, in the Old Testament when 
you know, the prophet goes out and uh, he, uh, uh, you know, he's looking for who is going to be uh, the king. Uh, you know, all the sons are called in uh, except for David. And of course, then there's a line of, you know, what man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. And so it feels like you're, you're saying a little bit of that, that there's some key things, mm-hmm. but it, it might be in different people that we're seeing now, just opportunities to live out some of these characteristics, these traits. And so maybe even from your perspective, is it shifting who you might have typically have looked at as a potential church planter? And if so, how is it shifting that, the times we find ourselves? Yeah, I don't, shifting who we look at and shifting a bit of like how we look at the who. So let, let, okay. me, let me press in that a minute. So, so the typical let's say established church that that has been around for a while is uh, running certain programs. They've got certain functions in the life of the church. When, when a leader presents themselves, it seems, and this is overstated again, but it seems that the first impulse is often, how do I plug them into a role in kind of the existing structure or paradigm of what church ministry is for us, right? Right. We need somebody to do student ministry. We need somebody to engage in this. And there's enough programmatic structure in the life of the church that a lot of the young, scrappy, passionate leaders kind of get plugged. And I wonder if in the process of that, there, there are oftentimes when some of our best church planters um, get get sent into those roles, and I'm not trying to devalue those roles, right. but but in such a way that really bypasses this uh, this calling, this huh. this even asking, and so then you fast forward that life 20 years, and you've got the person that's kind of mm-hmm. still stewarding internal ministries in the life of the church, right. but really hasn't even thought about like, right. hey, you know, maybe church planting is a conversation that I should be okay. having. Maybe okay. I, maybe I could go. And this, this is one of the hopes and maybe something we could talk about a bit more, but with the, the established church, uh, the, the, the um, inability to do some of the programs currently okay. in, right, in right. COVID world, the positive hope would be, well, let's say the negative would be uh, just a breakneck drive right. to get back to all those yeah, programs no, that's right. as fast Go as back we can. Go back to the way it was. Right? We, yeah. We've got we to gotta reproduce everything that we were doing previously. <laughs> right. The positive flip of that could be churches that have the maturity to say, let's be patient. Let, let's maybe wait on on some of that. Okay. Let's meet, maybe even ask the question, do we need that wow. again? Yeah. Like, yeah. do we have to reboot right. that? And if not, what it, what it could do is it could streamline some of the programmatic offerings in the mm-hmm. life of the church in such a way that allows uh, developing leaders. Okay some room to roam in uh, hmm. in new ventures and right. church planting work and uh, missionary sentness in, right. in a way that you know if you're saying man I I'm committed I'm the, the college leader in this local church setting mm-hmm. well if some of that gets removed or some of the structures of that are there people that that begin to say but well I could man I could go to the nations I right. could do you know yeah, I could yeah. do church planting and mm. whatever so my hope would be that that we start to see, developing leaders not merely as a cog in the programmatic machine right. of the life of the church but say hey how could how could we develop yeah. and send these leaders no it's really helpful so even in kind of this covid time it might uh, really extend the pool of potential leaders some of that could lead into church planting some of that could lead into going to the nation some of that could just be ministering in different ways we hadn't thought of before because it's not just in the typical lanes yeah and i i think you, one one of the things when when you've got lanes to run in that are already established, 
often any of us yeah. right we we don't develop new skills and abilities if there are some ruts that are just really common and predictable for us to run in mm. so some of the the deep life of prayer mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. um, uh, evangelism with people that are that are far from god right. like so this season can birth in me some habits right. that that are going to be really helpful whether it's right. a church planting leader or a team member or whatever, because I've got some some void and some margin and some mm-hmm. of the things that that I used to do, and that's you know what I'm hoping even in our congregation is saying like this this will sound perhaps ill stated, but but like maybe you don't need to go to the sixth Bible study that you're attending this week, right. you know, just yeah. like maybe creating some extra yeah. margin during this season right. to say could we reserve a night of the week that mm. that like we as a family are committed. Uh, to having somebody that's far from God over to our house no, or good. walking around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and trying to strike up conversations with people like that, that extra margin. My sense is we're trying to cram that back full as quick as we can right. on the backside of, of the pandemic and saying, no, nah, maybe, maybe, maybe God's producing some margin for our good. No, that's really good. And so instead of just kind of looking for or saying yes to those that raise their hands to say, I want to go do church planting or whatever, that perhaps we need to be looking across the congregation. How are people responding? Yeah. How are they creating that margin? Yeah. How are they demonstrating prayer or evangelism? Some of those marks you mentioned, that's really good. Now, let me ask you a similar question, but one that often I would say gets overlooked. We're talking a lot about the church planter. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's not just the individual, but oftentimes there are uh, people that go with the church. Yeah. They're they're key to it. Uh, yeah. They they say, hey, I want to be involved in a church plant. I'm not that that kind of glue person or that lead person, how might the time, the COVID times we're in, is that shifting who we might see is we might challenge them. Hey, you might want to be a part of a church plant. Maybe you're not the church planter, but you're a key part of that. Is that shifting at all? Yeah. I, I don't know. Shifting. I okay. do think it's giving us greater opportunity to, to, to see the diversity of lives that are lived among our, our members. Again, when there aren't as many programmatic holes to fill, we're seeing how are people using their gifts? How yeah. are they demonstrating how the Spirit has built them? And this allows me to have maybe a, a better sense of who is who is the flock to whom I've been, uh, uh, or for whom I'm going to give an account, okay. and how do I best give specific care to, mm. to, to shaping and investing and calling out that life. I think we all recognize uh, in, in, our, in our own individual lives that the, the outside observers who have at strategic moments said, hey, have you ever mm. thought about this? Or yeah. like, I see this in you. You're actually really good at this, right? right? Uh, particularly when it's like, not a parent, you know, or, <laughs> right. or but there's someone in the body of Christ that takes note mm. of the way the Spirit has built us to build up the body. Kind of thinking Ephesians four language here. Right. That man, that resonates. And yeah. that, when you talk about deep conviction of your calling, when mm. you've had somebody that you respect yeah. Yeah. speak into your life and say, "Hey, have you no, ever thought good. about doing this? You, yeah. you could be really good at that." So, so what I hope again is that pastors, church leaders small group leaders are, are, are able mm. to take the added margin of the season, look out mm. over their flock and say, yeah, like you just said, hey, you may not be the primary church planting leader, mm-hmm. but like I've seen you right. really harness the gift of prayer during mm-hmm. this season. And, and there's a church planter going to come along that's really going to need that as a team member. Right. And I would love to, you know, strategically match make you yeah. with a team down the road yeah. or 
you're a super encourager and you're faithful and loyal and I would hate to lose you, but there's a church planter going who would love a person like you on their team. And, And I found through the years, when I'm able not just to see that, but to actually speak it into yeah, other people's yeah. lives, it does give a sense of rocket fuel to their calling. Man, that's so good. Just really the the place and the importance of encouragement and affirmation. Absolutely. And I think we overlook that, not yeah. just in light of church planting, but even in our own ministries and our own churches. You know, if you see something, encourage somebody yeah. with that. Affirm that. Or if you know you have a deficiency or a weakness, which I know we know, we don't like to admit, of saying, I've seen this in you. Can you help me out in this? And so I think that's a really, really helpful thing. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, somebody listening to the podcast right now, they're, they're thinking, hey, I, I really do want to be involved in church planting. Uh, maybe they have self-identified. They've raised their hand. Or perhaps somebody has encouraged them. What would you say, Matt, to them right now listening? What would be a next step? They, they've kind of started this identification process. Mm-hmm. What would be maybe a next step or two that they could take? Yeah, I think the, f- the first step is to dig deep in the local church, right? To, to find, hey, where is God? Where's God planted me? If that's, you know, that's always my first encouragement to individual that kind of self-identifies. They've got some kind of compulsion. They've jumped on some websites, read, some, you know, read Keller's book. And uh, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going. It's like, okay, where, like, where, where are you a member? Like, mm-hmm. to what church? What body do you, how are you adding value there? How are you serving? So I'd say that's the, the initial place to start is, is digging deep there, having meaningful conversation with a pastor or ministry leader, mm-hmm. uh, finding somebody, you know, I tell, tell my guys, like find somebody you want to be like when you grow up okay. and get close to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you f- find the kind of person that you're like, hey, if, if the spirit produces that kind of fruit in me 10 years down the road, right. um, if that person doesn't exist, be scrappy. Like find, uh, okay. reach out uh, to, to some people. We live live in a pretty connected world and that's one of the roles i like to play with the seminary mm-hmm. is just to to, to be that uh, kind of point guard on relationships and resources to right. say hey you're thinking about going to this place or you're not a part of a healthy church mm-hmm. and you need to be hey i know somebody or i've got a connection here or if i don't know somebody i know somebody who knows somebody in yeah. that place and uh, the ability to get mm-hmm. them close to somebody that that can be helpful uh, as a tour guide for their calling so i, I think uh, the more you can do in connection with actual other people yeah. rather than um, you know, we can all feast on the blogosphere right. and uh, kind of parade ourselves as church planting experts from a distance <laughs> and then show up on the scene and think we're going to we're going to do the thing. I think the, the best thing, again, is uh, God ordained vehicle is the local church. So dig deep right. there use some extra resources and by that i mean actual people so like mm-hmm. uh if you're listening to the podcast and man this this is interesting to me i'd mm-hmm. love help shoot one of us an email yeah, like reach out let's have a real conversation i think that's one of the ways southeastern mm-hmm. one of the reasons i love being a part of this team is because there is personalization mm-hmm. in the care uh when the school says they want to be a great commission seminary like that that's a legit mission in mm-hmm. that want to take an active interest in actual students and help them uh, steward God's call right. on their life. So if we can play that kind of supplemental role uh, in your life and in, in the work of the local church, then then let us do that. Yeah, no, that's really, really great. And all of this is helpful. And again, we know even though we're, we're kind of in this season, this time, we don't know how long it'll last. And I agree with you. I don't think we're ever going back, yeah. but we're going to move forward. And we know that the church really is God's ordained tool. It's his kingdom tool. So it will be there. So we need a whole host of people that are praying for and committed to the nations, reaching people with the gospel, 
And if it's healthy evangelism, healthy discipleship, that's going to be in the context of the church, so we need church planters. So this this role of identification, and and I appreciate what you've told us today. Matt, why don't you do this as we end our time? Yeah. Why don't you pray for uh, church planters? Yeah. We've been talking about that. Just pray for them, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to our listeners for now. Yeah, so God, we, we bow just affirming that you are in charge, you are supreme, you're ruler over all, that you have... Uh, good purposes in mind for this world that you are purposing that you are acting out your good plan that all things uh, are moving toward your determined end that one day um, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth that you are creating a world uh, rid of evil and suffering and sin that we will know you and worship you rightly as we as we should and we know that uh, in this season, in these in-between days, that those of us who, who know you are called and commissioned to be about your work, that uh, the making of disciples uh, of all nations is the call that you've placed on your people. And so we ask that you would make us faithful to that end, particularly for those uh, who are laboring in church planting work. We pray for your sustaining grace for them in these days. We pray against uh, fretful anxiety. We pray against... Um, uh, sinful apathy uh, in the work that we've in, we've been entrusted. We pray uh, that you, in unique ways that you often do, that you would uh, orchestrate Genesis fifty twenty in this moment. That what it seems to be intent for evil, that you would purpose for good, and that you would use this to raise up an abundance of church planting laborers for. Uh, the harvest here in North America and around the world, that you would sustain church planting work, that you would cultivate and establish churches, uh, drive to reproduce and train up new leaders, and that ultimately more people would hear uh, the good news of Jesus Christ as a result. We ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, again, Matt, it's always good to have you. Thank you for joining us, and thank you to our listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you like what what you're hearing, let us know. Get the word out via social media. Uh, we would love for more and more people to subscribe and be a part of this conversation. And let's remember to go out and live sent.